This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Through our dialogue together on this platform, we aim to draw relevancy from the biblical text and, and bring clarity to our own religious experience. I would like to share a portion of scripture with you today that comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the eighth chapter, verses one through four. And it reads in this way. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cured of his leprosy. This is the word of the Lord. And today I will be teaching from this eighth chapter of Matthew. And as we journey into the text, we will see Jesus healing a man with leprosy. In this narrative, we will see the will of God for humanity explained. The miraculous healing of this man demonstrates the will of God, the power of God, and how the afflicted can be restored and eventually serve as a witness to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Now, during the ministry of Jesus, people were amazed at the teachings of Jesus. Not only were they amazed at his teaching, they were astonished by the miraculous displays of power through which many people were healed from sickness and disease. He taught them, he healed them, he fed them, he walked and talked with them. He was very much present and active in their lives. The passage of scripture that we selected from the Gospel of Matthew, the eighth chapter, verses one through four, it is just prior to this selected portion of scripture that we would find Jesus fully operative in his ministry of teaching. Up on a mountainside, on a hill, Jesus is teaching and touching the hearts and minds of many. His being up on this mountain up on the hill reminds me of Moses who received the law up on the hill. But unlike Moses who received that law on that mountain, Jesus up on a hill gives a new interpretation of the law. A new interpretation on how to live out the Christian faith. As a matter of fact, for this very reason, this book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, is often referred to as the procedure manual for the church. So when he was finished teaching, verse 1 of Matthew chapter 8 says that when he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. So when Jesus descended from the mountainside, he was followed by a great number of people and right away as he was he was approached by a man 
The Bible tells us that a man with leprosy came and knelt before him. So if we place ourselves back in time and imagine this, Jesus, the Son of God, is approached by a man with leprosy. Leprosy was a dreadful condition. It caused skin ulcers, rotting flesh, blindness, unpleasant odors, and other disturbing symptoms. It was a condition that left people stigmatized, dehumanized, and ostracized from the community. Before, because of this man's condition, he was low on the ladder of the social hierarchy. As a matter of fact, the lowest rung on the social ladder was out of reach for the leper. But in his condition, this man made his way to Jesus. He humbled himself, kneeling before Jesus and, and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Hmm. The man's body was weak. His mind was fatigued. He was physically and mentally drained from trying to live with this condition. But his faith in the ability of Jesus to heal was strong. He recognized the healing power of Jesus. But when he got into the presence of Jesus, he laid his greatest concern upon the ears and the heart of Jesus the Christ. Yes, the man was sure about Jesus and his healing power, but he was uncertain about the willingness of Jesus to heal him. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, it might help us to understand this uncertainty if we look at this man's life experience. Nobody else was able or willing to do anything for him. As a matter of fact, everybody would try to stay away from him. Almost everybody would avoid him, offering him no help and leaving him to isolation. He was quarantined. He was shut out from society. The only community to which he belonged was the leper community, the community of the dying. His only fellowship was with those who also suffered from the very same condition. And I can imagine that this man at some point in his life questioned God. He probably had questions as to whether or not it was God's will that he was stricken with this dreadful leprosy. And since everybody was against him, why would God be for him and willing to help him? He had probably been told by the religious leaders that it was because of his sin or the sins of his parents that this dreadful disease had come upon him. So it was tradition, religion, and culture that had informed this man that God's punishment was on him in the form of this disease. 
So what he knew about the will of God had been presented to this man in a way that caused great uncertainty and doubt as to whether or not he would ever be liberated from his condition. Even as he stood face to face with Jesus, the Messiah, he wondered whether Jesus was willing to heal him. Have we ever doubted that God would liberate us from our condition? Those dreadful conditions imposed upon us from birth? Have we ever been uncertain? Have we ever doubted that God would one day deliver us from the paralyzing grips of poverty, sickness, disease, the crippling effects of racial injustice, inequality, and violence? So in response, in answer to the man's question or statement, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The Bible says this, says that Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Right here in this story, we see the touch of God. Jesus reached out. He extended his hand of mercy and compassion. At this moment in the story, what we are seeing is that God in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, has now reached out his hand to a fallen, broken, physically and spiritually sick man. Jesus answers the man's uncertainty and says, I am willing. So now, right here in the story, we have just experienced the will of God revealed. If you had questions about the will of God for your life, here it is revealed. Jesus reveals, demystifies, and with great, great clarity uncovers the will of God for this man and all of humanity. Let me stop right here and make a point. It is God's will that we all be saved, rescued from our sin and shame. And nothing, nothing at all prevents the salvation of the greatest sinner on earth, but his own determined voluntary rejection of the gospel. Yes, the only thing that gets in the way of a sinner being saved is his own rejection of Jesus as the way of salvation. Then the Bible captures the exciting moment when Jesus spoke these words, be clean. Yes, right here we see the word of God pronounced. Jesus didn't say, try to clean yourself up, man, or, or work on getting yourself clean. Pull yourself together. Jesus told him to be clean. He was telling him to embrace the cleansing that was come that had come upon him. Receive this healing is what Jesus was telling him. Jesus spoke the word into this man's life and his word brought forth a transformational healing. Jesus spoke order into chaos. And it changed his condition. The Bible says that immediately he was cured of his leprosy. So Jesus, 
did what no man could do. No doctor, no priest. Jesus did it all. So in this story, we clearly see that this man experienced talking to God in the person of Jesus. He experienced the touch of God from the hand of God. And he came to know the will of God that was revealed to him through Jesus the Christ. He got to experience the word of God and the healing power of God in action. And now, after all of that, he would become a public witness to the power and righteousness of God. The story continues in verse 4. The Bible says that Jesus said to him, See to it that you don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. It was Dr. Aubrey Hendricks, a great modern-day biblical scholar, who taught us that the earlier manuscripts read, show yourself to the priest as a testimony against them. Before his healing, this man had been surely pronounced unclean by these very same priests. Now they would examine the condition of skin of his skin and would determine his cleanliness or his uncleanliness. If he was found to be unclean, the, as he was, the priests handed down the sentence of quarantine, isolation, and exclusion. In effect, this was a death sentence. But in this case, he who was previously declared unclean and had come face to Jesus, face to face with Jesus and was healed, he was restored. They would have to now examine him again. And what would they find? They would find nothing. They could no longer condemn this man who was cleansed by Jesus. Now back in those days, it was the priests who had the power to declare one clean. Jesus told this man to be clean. Now if, they, if the priests were to reject his healing because they couldn't figure it out, how dare they continue to condemn a man who was cleansed by the power of God? And guess what? This reminds me of how people will try to reject the notion that you've been saved and changed. When God comes into your life, they don't understand it. They don't know how it happened, but all they know is that you no longer do the things that you used to do. In their mind, they want to keep you enslaved by your former way of life. They knew you before you got saved, and that's all they can accept. They reject the possibility of you being born again. They reject the possibility of God coming into your life and making you into a new person. A clean person, a healed person, a restored person. But how dare they call unclean what God has called clean. 
They don't know that you've been changed, transformed, and healed by God. With the same power that God raised Jesus from the dead, God has raised you from your former way of life to a new life in Christ. Right now I'm talking to the believer. So what do we learn from this story? Perhaps this story invites us to reconsider our understanding of God's will for our lives. We are invited by this story to reimagine how we perceive the image of God to rethink who is God. For I believe that discovering who we are in the light of who God is, this is perhaps the most important aspect of spiritual growth and transformation. So just like the man in the story, let us be reminded to spend time kneeling before the Lord in prayer. Now we know that the man in the story was uncertain of the willingness of Jesus to heal. Do we still trust the will of God for our lives? Do we believe and trust that God is willing to bring healing, restoration, and order into the brokenness, confusion, and chaos in our lives? Or perhaps the story invites us to remember, to think back to revisit when God first touched us, when we realized that God was chasing after us. Maybe you were in the church, maybe you were in your house, maybe it was in the middle of the night in the midst of a struggle. You paced the floor and you couldn't sleep and suddenly you, you sensed the presence of God and God reached down from heaven and, and touched your body, mind, and spirit. He comforted you as only he can yeah, you remember when you first got saved. He touched you with his finger of love and you've never been the same. Maybe the story reminds us of healing that has happened in our lives. Healing not just related to the physical body, but I want to remind you that God can bring healing to your emotions, healing into your finance. I know we would like that. God can bring healing to your relationship with others. God can bring healing to your relationship with God. God can bring healing to your image of God. How you see God and how you see yourself in the light of who God is. Maybe this story will cause you to remember a time when you tried to step away from God and you felt like a fish out of water. But his love pulled you back because he never gave up on you. And then, guess what? Just like the man in the story, it's time for us to be a witness and to go show ourselves to those who thought they knew our final condition. The man in the story wanted to know if God was willing to heal him. I'm suggesting today that God wants to know if we are willing to be a witness to our families, friends, and associates after we claim to have experienced all of this great healing and transformation in our lives. Yes, it's time to be a witness to the people in our communities. Show them the activity of God that has transformed 
our lives. Let them see it in, a, in, in our being clean, in the way we live our lives. You don't have to preach. You don't have to hit the people over the head with Bible verses. Be clean. Be the love of God in action. And I guarantee you God will smile upon your life. You've been listening to Faith Talk, and I certainly thank you for being a part of our listening community. Please visit the website at www.reverendjstuartglover.com and leave your comments on these episodes which are open for your criticism. You can also register as a guest on the show. Contact me directly by email and even leave me a voicemail. Thank you and God bless you.